Welcome to Co-op Mode, round 44. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by my co-op co-host extraordinaire, the Canardian, Mark Carabin. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. You're not starting any turf wars this time. I that's I think that's a good thing. I think uh, Sean, Ryan Turfert was kind of caught in the middle of that, feeling yes. a little left out with the uh, amazing Canadian hosts, and uh, I'm sure many other amazing Canadian creators. Uh, we don't want to, you know, we, I'm, I'm going to do the most Canadian thing. Sorry to anyone that we uh, offended, you know, uh, no, it's, it's all in, in good fun. Um, you know, we all, we all get along and, and there's no turf wars or turfered wars, uh, as there were, uh, there we go. Ryan, we love you. I love the Xbox drive. I can't talk enough about that show. And, uh, I want to thank Bobby for joining us on that last episode, but it's fun to be back with, just Todd and myself talking video games. I'm excited. How are you doing? Not bad. Well, I've been better. I'd, I'd be lying. Uh, I'm the one hour gamer this week. Um, I had surgery <laughs> on my shoulder on Thursday, so I'm recovering. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've not played a lot uh, the last couple of days. And uh, as I was telling Mark, I'm finally weeding off the medication so I can actually have a drink, which is nice. Uh, and, you know, hopefully numb some of the pain uh, and hopefully get me in a mode where I can play more games. But, yeah, that's been the big thing in our household and out of the sling and ready to get in better shape. And hopefully this leads me to uh, a healthier, happier Todd in 2020. I'm I'm happy to hear that you're doing good. I'm happy to hear that everything went well and that. I mean, you're, you're recovering at near Wolverine speeds here. This is, uh, this just happened this week. You're already out of the sling. You're already, uh, weaning yourself off pain meds. A lot of people milk those. So it's, it's really good to, to see you, um, you know, ready to go and, and, uh, kicking ass. They did not put any adventium into my uh, spine or my bones though. <sighs> Next time. Missed Next opportunity. Time. Yeah. Yep. For sure. I, uh, I had a minor surgery, um, on, uh, on my back, uh, a couple of years ago. And, um, sp- I, I didn't need any ad- adamantium. Um, apparently I have rhinoceros skin. Uh, the doctor, <laughs> the doctor had a hard time. He broke several scalpels trying to get through my skin, uh, which was uh, fun. And I apparently burned through, um, local anesthetic quickly which is something my father also does um so i could feel everything and the doctor watched uh, noticed me kind of gripping the table and was like can you feel that and i was like yeah yeah everything he was like holy crap <laughs> it just i guess gave me more or whatever and then it was fine um anyway yeah fun fun stuff Every, uh, surgeries are always great I was going to make a joke that they were removing a tramp stamp, but I guess that was not the case. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, You know, you regret, you know, uh, (laughs) you regret like, you know, certain, you know, video game tattoos forever, you know? Yeah, no. I heart Bobby is still uh, in its tramp tramp stamp uh, location. And below that, brute force for life. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, well, so we have been playing some games. So, Mark, mm-hmm. uh, you're get, you were talking about being nostalgic uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Are you still feeling nostalgic this week? <sighs> A little, but it's kind of weird. So I'm uh, – I, I was very much looking forward to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. I pre-ordered it. I got the warehouse demo. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago and how much nostalgia that hit me with. And the game is finally out. 
I jumped in, I did a character creator mode and skated around for a minute and then I put it down and I've been playing Avengers. So I'm going to talk about Avengers first, I suppose, uh, and, and hopefully next time I will have gotten into Tony Hawk more substantially uh, than I did this time around. But uh, Avengers, I've been <laughs> on the record as on the fence about this game, uh, not go- going between not going to get it at all to maybe I'll get it on sale to being bored of uh, a couple of nights before launch and saying, you know what? I love the Avengers. And I think, uh, we, we talked about this through text. I think I was still kind of, uh, wrapped up in the whole, uh, missing Chadwick Boseman thing and feeling some Avengers and Marvel love, uh, RIP King, by the way, uh, man, that just devastated me to no end. Um, he just seemed like a genuinely, genuinely fantastic individual all around uh despite being a a kick-ass black panther um but you know even with that aside he he just seemed like a a superhero in real life but um anyway uh so i i did i pre-ordered avengers i got the three-day early access edition so i've been playing for a while and I've been so hooked on Avengers that I haven't really played Tony Hawk or much else of anything. I haven't even played Fortnite in several days. So that is how much I'm enjoying at least the story mode in Avengers. Now, I did jump in and play one multiplayer mission with my friend um, to help him through the story mode. So it was something that I had already done. Uh, He was Kamala. I was Hulk. I jumped in with what surprised me as my Hulk which was several levels above mm-hmm. where his characters were. So I was just plowing through this stage. Like Hulk's a powerhouse to begin with, but when you're double the level cap that someone else is, like he was on a pretty early mission. Um, holy crap. We we just kicked the the ever-loving nonsense out of this stage. And it was, I mean, it was fun. It was, it was cool, like voice chat and, oh, come over here. It, the game really needs a ping system. I'll say that much because it was like, hey, I'm – over by the tree by the snowy rock uh there's a chest here like it, it just it was super frustrating but uh we figured it out um yeah avengers is is really surprisingly good there there are some some glitches and some things that need to be worked out but uh it looks great it plays great and i'm enjoying the story mode we'll see how i stick with it if it's more destiny or anthem um we'll see i forgot that the actual story had um co-op only some only some parts of it Uh, so there are big story beat missions that are single player only and Mm -hmm. you have no option and then there are a little bit more open story beats that uh you know you can take crew along with you and you can it's a little bit more open world a little less linear uh, you have an objective, but you can kind of also explore around. In this case, it was kind of a tundra, snowy, whatever. Um, so it's those missions that you can join. Now, for the most part, it's random matchmaking if you want or AI-assisted other characters. Okay. Um for this one, though, he was able to invite me in. I haven't tried the invite process, but it was very simple. A little bleep popped up. Adam wants you to play with him. Uh, hold X to continue. Yes, I got it on Xbox. I'm going to miss Spider-Man. Boo-hoo, but whatever. It's 4K and awesome. So, 
Um, so anyway, yeah, I just got the invite, held X, jumped right into his game. He was already Kamala. He only had two characters unlocked at that point. Um, so I got to be Hulk. I, funnily enough, I, I did have Iron Man unlocked at that point. I was a little further ahead in the story than he was. And uh, it would not let me select my Iron Man. It said not available for Adam's story uh, at this point. So I was forced to choose the Hulk. But like I said, it was my Hulk, not like taking over mm-hmm. Adam's Hulk. So it still had like the skin that I put on Hulk. It was still my level cap. The stuff that I got from doing the mission could still apply to my Hulk. And it was all leveled up to where I was. So I wasn't picking up like lower level gear out of chests. I was still picking up, you know, good level gear, like good gear for, uh, for my character. So I did like that aspect of it where it wasn't like I was going through a low level mission and picking up stuff that I was just dismantling and tossing. And yeah. there was no reason to do it. This really gave me an incentive to want to help him through or want to help anybody through. So if anyone's listening, hasn't picked up this game, want someone to walk through uh, some of the beats with them, or just if you even have played this game and you're finished the story, let's team up. Let's go smash uh, as Avengers. Uh, it's, it's uh, so far, it's, it's pretty good. It definitely has some bugs, definitely has some kinks, but they've got a, a pretty good base there. I'm nice. surprised. I'm hoping to get it. I, Gamefly is sending it to me. So just depending on when it shows up, it's Labor Day weekend. So yep. I may not get help uh, Tuesday, but I'm super excited for that. Um, I am interested to see how the yeah, the online play works. Um, I did play it with one person during the beta online, and he got very annoying. Mm. Uh, so that was not good. I had to mute him, and <laughs> yeah, it was not very good. Yeah, so yeah. depending if you like randoms, uh, you know, whatever your cup of tea is. But yeah, if you can get a bunch of folks together, unfortunately, it looks like there will not be cross-play um, yeah. for Avengers at this point, but it would be great if they did. Even if you don't get to do certain things together, that's perfectly fine. Destiny had the same thing where um, you had things that were exclusive to PlayStation. Um, they didn't have cross-play for a while. Now it's just cross-save, but it will have cross-play eventually. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to all get there eventually. Hopefully. I hope, yeah. Because uh, So my friend Adam, I was actually introduced to him by a mutual friend uh, named Andrew, and Andrew is predominantly a PlayStation player uh, and was over my place the other day. Um, dropping a couple of things off and mentioned, you know, wanting to play this. And he, he was talking to Adam as well. And Adam mentioned that the two of us were playing. And he was like, is it cross-play? Can I play, pick this up on PlayStation, play with you guys? And he's uh, like, no. So that kind of got us talking about next gen and where he's going and maybe trying to line up yeah. there a little bit. Um, and it's, it, it is one of those like little weird leftover things of, um, you know, it feels so last gen. It feels so mm-hmm. archaic now. We're so used to so many great games having crossplay, and uh, to take a step back from that is, yeah, it, it feels a little. It feels like backstepping. It feels like going in the wrong direction. Uh, and I don't care if I ever get Spider Man, and if I play with someone on PlayStation, then they're swinging around as Spider Man. Um, you know what? that's only going to entice me to pick this game up for PlayStation next time or pick up a PlayStation. If I am playing crossplay on my Xbox and I'm like, man, Spider-Man looks fun to play. Like that's, that's not going to hurt PlayStation in any way. If you know, traditionally, and I'm saying that like traditionally Sony is the 
the company that that puts the brakes on crossplay. Maybe it's not this time, but uh, you know, in the past they they have with with Fortnite and Rocket League and a few others. Um, kind of put the brakes on on that crossplay integration so i don't know if they are this time but um if they are like step back think about it this has worked this keeps on working it will only sell more playstation 5s um you know get get in now while people are still making that decision um yeah it's Anyway, great game so far. Uh, definitely has some bugs. I'll see if I stick with the the online and the the end game content. No pun intended. But uh, so far, story beats. If it, it might be a perfect GameFly game for someone who just wants the mm-hmm. story, uh, because even my my wife's been watching me play this and been very interested in the story mode and just uh, liking that story of following Kamala along and, and picking up different Avengers along the way. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It, it has a lot more heart than I expected. Yeah. I'm curious to see where they go next. Cause they're going to be dropping new uh, characters throughout the life of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to be curious if there will be any more additional campaign content. Um, yeah, that's, that's like, uh, if, will there be an expansion? Will there be something to drive people going in or will it just be those players only really live in, you know, online co-op? Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, the, the way it's structured, I, and I haven't finished the story yet cause I've been very distracted by leveling up characters and stuff. Um, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards, there will be kind of like the skill tree levels, which aren't really the story beats. They're kind of the more open things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's, that's what I'm feeling. We'll see though. Kate Bishop's the first character that's going to drop and she's dropping, I think relatively soon. So, uh, we won't have to wait too long to find out. Yeah. She looks pretty cool. Um, definitely looks cooler than Hawkeye himself. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm really wondering, Hawkeye. I'm really wondering how they're going to, differentiate those two characters enough to justify that they're going to be dropping two of them in a row. Uh, you know, and I, I, we've heard this week, you know, uh, black Panther might be delayed or the announcement might be delayed because of everything that's going on. And how do you roll out that character? I've heard the same thing for Fortnite of, you know, so many people saying like, you better not sell this skin for profit, uh, sell this character uh, pack for for profit even if they do sell it i hope the proceeds are going to some sort of cancer research or some sort of charity that uh, that chadwick uh you know contributed to or or uh you know rallied for um and I'm, I'm wondering if it's the same with this but so far the the characters aren't paid dlc so maybe it was just kind of a, a respect thing in this case sure, in fortnite i'm sure they're yeah. they're figuring out a, a monetization or uh, just give it away to for for free um but we'll yeah I'm, I'm very curious to see who's added to this game i'm, I'm excited to see who else uh, and you know i was talking to uh, a couple of people uh, about favorite characters and and we all have different ones so far so it's it's kind of cool i i think i'm gonna be a big fan of of thor in the end game content i think that's the, that might be my main that's it's kind of where i'm leaning nice nice mm-hmm. uh, so uh very quickly i finished ghost of shima did i i hadn't finished it last week had i i don't think okay. so i finished the game it is up there in my top three Games wow. of the year. It's phenomenal. It's fantastic. Each chapter or act or whatever it's called definitely felt fulfilling. Uh, it's more front loaded than it is back loaded, but it's satisfying. 
and it mm-hmm. gives you choice and certain elements, which are great for storylines. And um, I did wrap up a couple of the, uh, and, and you can continue to play after, which is great. You can do some story, you can do some line, uh, some, uh, some, you know, side quest uh, cleanup mm-hmm. if you want. Okay. And I enjoy that because there's a couple of their main missions or main side quests with some of the characters you met over time, which built on the relationships, which was great. And then I saw that all that were left, I'm like, eh, I'm ready to let it go. So right. I let go of the game, but man, I got my money's worth from running it from Gamefly. But still, it was it would have been well worth the sixty dollars. I mean, I think there's at least forty hours of gameplay in that game if you really want to get into it. So Fantastic. cannot cannot recommend that game enough. So you said top three for the year. Where would for you put year. it in uh, PlayStation exclusives or even PlayStation first-party uh, games? Where where is it rank on the ones that you've played so far? Does it does it still crack top three, top five? Good question. Wow, because um, it's got a lot of good company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably it's definitely top ten. It okay. just depends on where it is with that. I know it's like a cop right. out, but um, you know, maybe it's in the, 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 the six and above range, uh, okay. of, of PlayStation exclusives. Um, but it's definitely there. Maybe I'll, I'll change my mind after time when they add the legends in. And if I go back and play it again, I'm like, this is even better. But, uh, right. yeah, it's definitely, uh, a welcome, um, addition to the PlayStation, uh, library, which is great. Awesome. That's great. Uh, just, just to put you on the spot, what would your top three, and in no necessary order, but what what would you say ranks above it uh, in in the PlayStation Pantheon? Uh, let's see. Wow, let's see. It, just PlayStation overall, uh, I would say Last of Us Part One would be number one. Uh, God of War would be number two. Um, let's see. Ooh. I'm trying to think. I don't want to give any any other franchises short shrift uh, <laughs> because I I loved um, the infamous games. Really, I mean, I think they're underappreciated. So I'd say like Infamous Part Two is probably like top five. Um, hmm, probably. Wow. <laughs> to, I know, like I haven't even talked stuff, about Uncharted. I know, like, yeah, no, I, I and I'm, I'm ratchet flank. flank spot, yeah. yeah, that's that's a uh, hard one. I'll have to think about yeah. that because, yeah, uh, if I put them all out since the first PlayStation, mm. you know, there's some or probably just, that just I don't. PlayStation Four, just PlayStation. Okay, PlayStation Four. Yeah, then I'd be like God of War would be my number one. Then it would probably be uh, Spider Man would probably be number two. Um, probably then Last of Us Part. Two, uh, Ghost of Tsushima would probably be number four, and okay. then I would think uh, Ratchet and Clank, the uh, the the, the current uh, that one that's on PlayStation yeah. Four, is probably yeah. my number five because I love that game to pieces. Great list, great list. Sort of put you on the spot there. That was that was fun though. I, I, I'm sure I, I forget it. I love I'm getting hearing inside yeah. your head a little. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I will not put you on the spot, Mark. I'm too respectful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a gentleman. For, for, for PlayStation games, I'd say, uh, man, Spider-Man would be one. Uh, Uncharted as a, a series because I played the the full collection and then yeah. four. Um, so I guess they maybe two and three, or if that maybe can count as two. Um Oh, I really did. I enjoyed Infamous as well, and I haven't played um, 
I haven't played God of War yet. I really need to get to that. So that's that's but I have a feeling that would be way up there if, you know, if not like um yeah, I, I I just have a feeling that that would be even maybe take over my number one from Spider Man, but uh, I'm a I'm a bad PlayStation player, so I'm gonna um, leave it at that, I guess. Well, I will say this: the longer you wait, the older your son gets, and you play God of War, right. that game will have more prescience. So my my brother has a physical copy. He just keeps saying like, "Here, take it, take Aww. it." Take it. Playing other things, uh, so I I really need to take him up on that uh, for sure. Very soon, very soon. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about Samurai Jack really quick. Yeah. Um, I ended up playing this on Apple Arcade. I played it with the awesome. um, Xbox uh, One controller. Uh, controls, everything worked great. Seamless. I got my month uh, free trial. Um, also tried Sayonara Wild Hearts, which I liked a lot from the very really limited amount game. I played. Yeah, very pretty, very beautiful. Music's great. Uh, but Samurai Jack, I, I don't have anything to judge it off of, but this game give it kudos for definitely embracing the series doing the 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 production values seem high um and everything seems to work in in regards to gameplay but this feels like a 2001 game Mm. with a fresh coat of paint it (laughs) does not feel like a modern game whatsoever and that really disheartened me to really want to play more um i played a little bit but it feels like just too many bad guys to kill just because there's not a lot of like meat on the bone. Uh, there's uh, traversal kind of sucks. Like there's a staircase and you're uh, walking beside it, but you know, if you think, Hey, I could just jump up it this way. No, you can't. You have to go around and climb it up. I'm like, why? Yeah. I could jump above it. And yeah. Um, and I don't know. And like I said, I couldn't compare this to another system like a PS4 Pro or anything else like that, but the game looks very, it's crisp, mm-hmm. but undetailed. It looks mm-hmm. very much like a mobile game. And like I said, I don't know if that's the I, Apple I, uh, the Apple Arcade version right. is dumped down to work on the hardware or whatever. I don't know if there's a comparison video, but I kind of felt like it works for the style because it's very clean and things like that. But it just it just does not look like a game that w- this could have been a very early gen PlayStation Three Xbox Three Sixty game for what it's worth. So right, um, yeah. I'm and glad I, I didn't pay for the $120 special edition, unless I got the crap. <laughs> but yeah, the game, I'm glad I did not pay for the game, which just makes me right. sad. That's Yeah, that's that's good. Um, one Special edition I regret not buying is the Tony Hawk one. Man, I've been seeing pictures of those skateboards, oh, yeah. and uh, I, am, I am severely regretting not getting that special edition. But yeah, I remember when you mentioned Samurai Jack, uh, I had asked if, if the – Apple Arcade version is the same as the console. So, I, yeah, maybe uh, I'll have to look up some comparison videos and see if they are the same. That's that's an interesting plot point, I guess, to this game. You know, if you can, yes, take your free trial and get it basically for free or whatever, yep. or pay for a console version that is uh, maybe superior, but maybe it's the exact same game. Uh, I don't know at this point, so... Yeah. yeah, and it's only a forty dollar game, and um, it's actually not available. It's only limited uh, digital, uh, physical through limited run games too. Right. So. Yeah. Pain in the earth. Uh, I've been playing a mobile game as well. It's called Bacon, the game, and uh, it's it's <laughs> available for free at least on iPhone. I don't know about Android. Um, it was just kind of recommended. It came up in the app stores like recommended games. And um, it is the dumbest thing I've ever played, but I get so much joy out of it. Uh, basically, it starts off and there's a hand 
a disembodied hand on one side of your screen dangling some bacon and they drop it when you tap the screen and that lands in a little frying pan and makes a very satisfying sizzling sound. And then you tap again to flip the frying pan and you have to land the bacon strip on objects. Uh, Some of those objects that I have encountered so far are a picture of Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Bacon on bacon. (laughs) Bacon on bacon, uh, bacon on a handsome cowboy, which was funny because it took a screenshot of my face or a selfie of my face and put it on a, a cowboy's uh, body with a comical mustache. Um, there was bacon on a grocery list and all the items on the grocery list were misspelled uh, like bananas and chocolate, <laughs> C-H. O L or O C L I T um, bacon on Mount Everest and my bacon on Mount Everest. I'm just going to challenge anyone. I land at my bacon to make it look like a rainbow on Mount Everest. You can take screenshots of everything. It encourages you to, uh, to take screenshots uh, when you land it on something Uh, again, Cinderella's glass slipper. Uh, nailed it right inside the uh, the slipper there. It is the stupidest game I've ever played, and this classical mu- music plays every time you complete a level. It's so dumb, but it's free, so go try it. I was just uh, opening up the App Store, saw it. Yeah, you can put um, bacon on the moon, yep. which I f- thought was an interesting uh, scenario that bacon has never been on the moon before. What? Not, yeah. Uh, so, and it, it, some of the stages are literally so simple and dumb that you can let it slide down the frying pan and it lands on the thing and you just win. I like others, that. Others are so mind-blowingly frustrating that you have to flip the bacon at the exact right angle and hope that it lands and the bacon's slippery and the things are angled and it's like, why – would you create this level and you can skip levels, but I haven't skipped a level so far. So um, it is the mobiliest mobile game I've ever played. And it's such a little fun, little time sink that you could sink. I'm sure an hour into or three minutes while you're waiting in a lineup somewhere. So bacon, the game is this brought to you by the uh, pork federation. Quite possibly. I'm not sure even who made it. Uh, I have, uh, do you have it up there on your app? Store? I do. I, I do. Like I should Philip Stolenmeyer was the app creator. Okay. Single guy. Just a just a just a fella. He won't um, be any longer. All the ladies will come for him and his bacon. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't. This guy's also made um, sticky terms, a game of untranslatable words. Ooh. Uh, Song of Bloom, Story in Pieces. <gasps> Seesaw! The Die with Daycare! Oh my god, that game, I've seen it before. It's so crazy. Okay. Oh, and that's a payable game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seesaw Based tries to bacon. kill you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's got two blades on the ends of it, yeah. Based on bacon, it, it might be worth... Oh, there's Burger the game, too. Oh, and Pancake the game. There we go, so if you don't like bacon... That's just silly. You, you can can't try do pancake. a burger game. Well, apparently you can't. There's another one here called Sometimes You Die. I want to pick up everything this guy's ever made. Um, mm. So, Philip Stolenmeyer, thank you for baking the game. It is fan-frickin-tastic. Nice, nice. Um, I played uh, a game on Xbox, um, Games with Gold, or sorry, uh, Ultimate Game Pass, and that was called West of Dead. You might remember this game. It's very um, stylistic. Looks like a, a third, uh, a top-down type of uh, 
Diablo-type game. Yes. In the, in the Old West. Uh, Ron Perlman does the voiceover. He's got, like, a flaming head. You shoot guys. It looks like it's set in the Old West. And I'm like, this seems like I could really get in this game. So I'm playing this game. It's really cool. You use light to light up your environment. So you have to flick on these um, old oil lamps to show you more of the level. Uh, it's in single rooms. You have to basically uh, dodge bullets from the zombies and creatures of the night that are shooting at you, attacking you, throwing dynamite. And the more light you have, it basically causes them to be stunned. And then you can uh, take some shots. You get two different weapons, typically. Uh, I've got a shotgun, a long gun, uh, a revolver. And you run out of bullets, they reload, things like oh, that. Cool. Different power-ups. And it's very cool. Uh, it's very stylistic, very neat. The art style is very minimalistic. Um, I enjoy it a lot. But I did not realize this was a roguelike game. Todd, no likey the roguelike. I got you. I die, do all this progress. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just restart and I'll just be at a checkpoint and can finish, pick up my gear or something like that. Nope. You start off completely from scratch, no weapons. You're back to like level one game, uh, guns and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I don't know if it's procedurally generated either. So uh, I didn't even okay. take the time to find out because I'm like, yeah, I could get better at the levels, but mm-hmm. I replayed those levels, so I'm kind of over those levels. Uh, I don't have to prove myself again, so <laughs> kind of how I feel yeah. about roguelites. Sometimes I like rogue lights, where it's like you know there there is some sort of progression, uh, but but you feel like you're accomplishing something. A true rogue like. It, where where you literally it, it is like playing in an arcade where yep. uh you know you die and then you put another quarter in See and you're starting you at start of, yeah um those often piss me off so uh, i might i might skip uh, west of dead which was such a shame because i really like the combat I like all those things but i'm like mm-hmm. i don't want to start again i just feel like my time is more valuable than that um mm-hmm. Which is a shame because I think they had something going so um maybe in 2021 we'll see less rogue likes. Um, that'd be great because I think a lot of these guys, that's a turn off to a lot of people and it could open up people and maybe in settings they could make it like the roguelike. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for like rogue legacy too. I really like the first rogue legacy, but it was the, the weird humor of like genetic defects of, uh, you know, going against your gameplay and kind of feeling like I was at least progressing up a family line or something like that in that game. Um, dead cells is another one that I really enjoyed that, that, that type of game. But I think, um, again, it, it, I have to feel some semblance of, of progress, uh, so yeah, there we go. Uh, the last one I've been playing, I did mention that I was experiencing a little bit of nostalgia this week. And since it wasn't with Tony Hawk, um, I got a hankering to play Pokemon gold. I'm not sure where it came from. Uh, I had even lent my 3ds out to a friend of mine, uh, who wanted to, to play a couple of games that I owned on there. Um, but I, I got that 3ds back and I was like, I need this back because I need to play Pokemon gold. And I've been playing it. I started it over four times so I could send all the starters to my Pokemon Home app, even though they can't transfer to the new games. So they're just literally stuck there forever. Um, but anyway, it's I, I'm very much enjoying Pokemon Gold. I could have played Heart Gold because I have that cartridge. Um, but I chose to play just just the, the original Pokemon Gold. 
and uh, on the virtual console, and it is still fantastic. That is that is such a great game. I'm very much enjoying it, and it's a weird little, um, like I said, like Avengers is so high quality and high production and 4K and this and that and whatever, and then it's like this little um, barely colorized Pokemon game that I'm I'm just very much enjoying the hell out of. So uh, yeah, Pokemon Gold. Gold, gold, gold. Well, I'll give you some gold, Mark. Some Netflix gold. This isn't applying. This is what I've been watching. Uh, very quickly, I'm not sure if this is available on Netflix Canada, but high score. Oh, my goodness. So great. This is great. It's by the people who brought um, uh, the toys that uh, made us. Uh, same documentary crew. I believe there's six episodes long, but this is about video games. It's called High Score. Because you have, used to have to get a high score on the leaderboard to prove that you're excellent. Um, I, every episode feels like it's got a theme and there is a purpose. Um, it is not an all-encompassing year one of video games to year 2000. It is setting the stage for the theme of the episode and playing around with elements of it and always getting back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of felt like they encompassed it very well. Uh, the first episode felt like it was really geared around arcades and kind of where it was going with arcades and impaired with some of the, uh, I guess you'd say like some of the creative talent who did it as well. And kind of like the elements of the time as well. And a lot of cool archival footage as well, which was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. there was, we've watched two episodes so far. There are f- uh, four more episodes after that. Uh, the next episode I believe is going to be all about MMOs, which is kind of cool. Um, but I got my son to watch the first two episodes and he loved it my wife watched it so it's really cool a good a well-told story about anything is entertaining yeah i agree i am also on episode three so perfect Hmm. that we're we're in sync with this um i completely mirror everything you said i I don't think i can add it's a great production value uh very well told individual stories that that make an overarching series kind of thing uh all about video games if if you're listening to this podcast obviously you like gaming check this out high score on netflix so so good i can't i can't believe i forgot to add that to my list i'm very happy that you added it to yours I was thinking about that. Yeah, and I, there's a game I'll talk about in a future episode. It doesn't really, it's not really compelling at this point, but I will talk about it at a later date. Uh, but with that, Mark, we go into Newsflash. Well, Mark, another episode passed. We did not get any announcements for consoles, but I put a little uh, dig out on the Twitters that said, what will come first, a Nintendo Direct or release and launch info for next-gen consoles? Well, I did that, and guess what happened? We got a Nintendo Direct. <laughs> Did we ever? Uh, a surprise one that had no lead up whatsoever. It was just like, here's the tweet. And uh, there, there it went. So um, I, I thought this was a good one. Let's let's get impressions first. What did you think overall before we even detail what's in this? What did you think of this? Um, I mean, from a from a presentational standpoint, Overall, yeah. Overall, Overall. okay, your, okay. Because I kind of feel of, like at this point, Nintendo just stopped caring about doing anything more than just play the background music and dump in the video. So right. they don't do any wacky things anymore, really, but, which no. is fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, overall, I thought it really delivered on what a lot of people have been waiting for, which is good um, yeah. because it had been it was funny. I was listening to NBC today and they said it's been over a year since the last proper Nintendo Direct. I'm like. It has been. Holy cow. So this is good timing. And, uh, you know, you never want to miss a birthday, especially for Mario. 
Come on. Yeah. He's the godfather they, of video games. They did, didn't they? Like, they missed it by a couple of days. Like, why not drop this yes. on the actual birthday thing? Anyway, I thought, yeah, like you said, they, they've gotten away from the charm. I feel that the old direct sometime had with the, the goofiness and the, the little skits and stuff and, and hosted by puppets and, and whatever else. But um, overall, game-wise and, and announcement-wise, I, I thought this was great, even if it was little fanfare uh, leading up to it. But uh, you want to you just – let's go through some of the announcements that, that we got. So uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars released on Switch – Surprise drop September 18th. So we don't even have to really wait for this. It was like instantly pre-order up on all the sites, digital pre-order. The weird thing about this one is that you can only buy this even digitally until March 31st. After that, they cease to exist. And the games that will cease to exist include Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. Three absolutely phenomenal games. I uh, wish Galaxy 2 was in there, or even if they eventually drop it as DLC, I'll be a happy boy. But uh, Galaxy 2 was, in my opinion, better than Galaxy 1 and improved on that game in several ways. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm excited to play 64. I'm excited to play Sunshine. I'm sad that these aren't remasters in a way. Uh, I'm also sad that that 64 they didn't remaster it even to the point of making it 1080p this is 720 even on your television uh which which i think is unfortunate because so many of us have 4k tvs and i'm i'm kind of curious to see how that looks 720 you know being being upscaled on on a 4k tv but uh either way i'm excited for this even though there are some glaring oddities uh how are you feeling about this one um I am surprised. Um, if you ask me what I'd rather have, I'd rather have remasters where there's care and 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 especially after we've seen what they done with uh, they've done with Mario 64 on uh, the Dolphin emulator and the Unreal Engine. So there's things that they can done if it done they could have done to make it look better, but they didn't. They cleaned it up really. They just basically upresed it. Assets look clean, very mm-hmm. sharp. Those polygons could cut you like a fool, Mark. <laughs> Mario is sharp. Uh, <laughs> But um, yeah, I'm happy for this uh, because at least these games are playable. They have not been playable in a long time, uh, you know, which is kind of sad because they've just mm-hmm. been sitting there. So um, it's great to have them. Uh, they uh, will support Joy-Con. Uh, so if you think about uh, how the Wiimote worked for uh, Galaxy, you know, how it's going to control will be interesting in regards to the camera mm-hmm. uh, and the controls for those older games because um mario 64 had some issues with the, con- the camera where it was kind of a static the c-stick kind of moved it around in eight well, directions it, yeah, it, there was no yeah. c-stick uh that it, for the the n64 controller there was no c-stick it was c buttons ah so that's right very that's right very stiff uh, camera controls because you were pressing a button to move the control incrementally around. Um, so, so that one's going to be interesting, but they did solve that already on, you know, other iterations like the, the Wii U version, um, was, it, it was fine. It, it, it worked. What I'm really curious about control wise, uh, for the other two games, one, there's no analog, uh, trigger on, oh the switch so how is sunshine going to get the um 
that that trigger for GameCube was such an important part of that game where you could spray a tiny bit of water, you could do a tiny little bit or a whole lot, uh, depending on how you depress that uh, that trigger. And I'm, I'm curious how they translate that over to Switch, if it's just going to be an all or nothing kind of thing. Uh, and apparently you can't even use the GameCube adapter for this, which would have solved that problem oh, for wow. anyone that wants to play it. Yeah, uh, I... I haven't confirmed that from a source other than my yeah. cousin. Uh, so, so take that Your cousin that works at Nintendo. Uh, no, he he, def- he definitely doesn't. He he's a he's an engineer. He's a smart fella, but uh, does not. Um, anyway, he he just told me that today, um, and and I, I you know take him for his word on that one. That it, it, it apparently he read somewhere that it's, it's not going to support the uh, the GameCube adapter. Uh, the other thing that has a lot of people concerned. For Super Mario Galaxy is will you be able to play this without the separated Joy-Con? Will you be able to play this in handheld or mm. more importantly on a Switch Lite? Because they made a big deal about being able to play it with the two separated Joy-Con emulating the Joy uh, the uh, the Wiimote and the the nunchuck from the Wii from the original and and that was used to spin Mario and uh, mm-hmm. point at stars and and do all that kind of fun stuff. But will this have a modern control scheme that can still work, especially, like I said, on a Switch Lite? Because if it doesn't, they really need to say that before people start pre-ordering it and can't play it on the system that they want to play it on. I think that was a dress mark, and you will have to have another set of Joy-Cons to do this. So I I hate to say this. I keep saying this. The Switch Lite. I don't know who wanted it. It's cheaper, it's and that's great. the only yep. benefit. <laughs> I hate yep. to say this point. It's cheaper, and that's the only benefit except for that C pad, but whatever. But yeah, because yeah. It, it just makes you spend more money in, in the long run, and it has less features. So, oh, yeah. well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm curious to see what they do. The, I think the reason why this is going uh, in the Disney vault, because um, they borrowed the Disney vault from Disney now, because they don't have any room, apparently. They said, you can take the Disney vault off our hands, is because they will eventually sell each of these separately at a higher price. Uh, yeah, that that's the only logical explanation, especially for digital. If if this game just magically disappears April first, and they're like, hey, anyone, you know, if you buy a Switch April first next year, because there are still people buying their first Switch every day, the thing is still hard to come by. Um, is Nintendo like Nintendo's a weird company, but they're, are they actually going to say, "Hey, here's three super popular uh, Super Mario games," um, but sorry, you you bought a Switch a day too late. Now we don't want your money. We warned yeah. you. <laughs> I I guess I don't know, and it, it just yeah. it creates this this uh, false scarcity of. Uh, you know, scalpers picking up extra copies and it, it, like, it's just, you know, you'll, you'll see someone buy it on a switch and then sell that switch April 1st for a thousand dollars because it's like, you know, here's the digital edition of this stupid thing. Um, so I, I, I hate every single part of that, but I'm a dumb monkey. So I also pre-ordered it. I did too. Um, okay. I, I think this, <laughs> I think it's great that these games are coming back, and yeah. it does make it does make me sad though that we may never see a remaster of it because they're basically saying, "Well, we gave you these, so you'll never see them again." So, right. um, and I know people have said Super uh, Super Mario Sunshine, I really enjoyed, but I know it had a lot of problems, mm-hmm. and I if they did not fix those problems, it's still the same game that a lot of people said I gave up or I didn't like or you know 
didn't enjoy back in the day. I did though. So yeah, I own a copy of of that game. I own a, a physical copy of all of these games, so I really don't need this. But when I, do I want to go and hook up my N64? Do I want to go and hook up my GameCube? Do I want to go and hook up my Wii? Um, the answer is no for all of those questions. I want these all on a modern console that I can also carry with me anywhere. So that's why I pre-ordered this. But uh, there are definitely some glaring, um, just stupid little issues. <laughs> Mercy. Nintendo loves to hug you and then kick you in the balls at the same time. I don't know if that's possible, well, but here's they do. One that <laughs> they, they can figure it away. Uh, one that, that doesn't seem to be doing any ball kicking, and it just seems to be delightful, is uh, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury arriving on Nintendo Switch February 21st, 2021. So we do have to, a little bit of a wait for this one. But uh, Super Mario 3D World is a fantastic game. It's four-player cooperative fun cat suits uh it it is a really really solid mario game and anyone that missed it the millions of you that missed it on wii u you get a chance to play it now and uh, plus a a bowser's fury dlc which i'm sure they're tacking on to justify the the full uh sixty dollar or eighty dollar canadian uh price of this game there are also a couple of adorable amiibo which i'm kind of out of the amiibo game at this point but if uh, that's still your jam cat mario cat peach arriving i've seen both a double pack and an individual Hmm. packs of these so uh, i don't know if there's any money saving with the double pack but uh, they're all for for pre-order as well and they look uh they look like they they got like a what's that stuff on the ceiling that it's like popcorn ceilings or whatever well i heard they're like are they fuzzy but they don't look fuzzy no they they kind of texture on them frosted like like there's frosting or something yeah it looks like a popcorn ceiling like it's it's that like yeah weird ceiling texture um that's not on my ceiling or apparently uh, on yours um but but yeah anyway uh they they do look cute so um i'm looking forward to playing that game again my wife absolutely loves that there was no question as soon as she saw this director was like oh yeah we need to play that again i was like well the the wii u's right there she's like no 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 no. we need (laughs) it's trash they're going trash yeah we we need this on the switches uh so anyway we'll we'll be we'll be double dipping again for that one yeah, Logan loved that game. We we played it together. It was a ton of fun. Um, and yeah, adding the extra content does add value to it versus, hey, it's an eight-year-old game. Pay another yeah. 60 bucks because you've sure. done all this work on it by just porting it over. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, it's it's it, but it, it is, you know, it's, it's uh, again, and Nintendo showed off this graphic of all of the Super Mario games that are available on Switch or that will be available on Switch. And that just, it's one that's, it, it there's nothing else with that style of Mario game that that kind of isometric side angle top down ish kind of view. Uh, there, there's nothing like that. They they, they haven't ported over um, you know 3D Land, which was fantastic, yeah. 3DS or anything like that. Uh, so it's, th- these games are definitely different and different than the other 3D uh, All Star package. So yes, um, it, it it rounds out that that Super Mario um, kind of selection i suppose uh what did you think about was it mario kart live home circuit this, this is came pretty out cool. of left field yeah yeah this is pretty cool because 
Mario, there's always been like Mario RC cars. They've not been great, but they've been something to give the kids and have fun with. So we're basically given the appearance of a new Mario Kart game out of the blue. We're like, what is this? Because the guy's playing on a Switch, and it's a, like a first-person view of like a different environment, like your home environment. I'm like, what is this thing? And they kind of done AR on Switch, which really hasn't been done before, which is very cool because the Switch doesn't have a camera. So basically they are bringing out these RC cars with a camera and they're incorporating your home to make your own tracks utilizing these four um, track markers. So there's four of them. The camera recognizes it and basically puts it in its memory of where it's positioned and you build the track. And it's very cool. I mean, there's so many opportunities to have fun with this. Now, uh, and you just set this up in your home. I don't know how big you can get or how small you can get. I don't know how, how well these cars work on carpet or not. Um, and you are either playing it solo with AI where you've got virtual uh, racers against you. They're uh, basically all the attacks can attack you and slow you in, or stop you in real life, which is very cool. So your car stops. Um, it would be kind of cool if I had like a, a swing, like a, a swirling mechanic. Some kind of spin mechanic, spun, yeah. But yeah. apparently that's not in there, but that could be really cool if they did that. Mm-hmm. Or you can add in another racer. I'm not sure if one more is the maximum or you can add in more than that, but you can add in Luigi yeah. um, and then have Luigi race against you as well. Um, apparently you'll probably need two switches for that to happen and then two cars. So it's $100 each. Um and I, 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 it's kind of cool. I mean, I, I, it's not for me, but if you've got little kids and you just want to have fun with your kid, this could be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, yeah, I'll, I'll say it's, it's probably not for me either. If Finn was a little bit older, 100% day one, I would have already been trying to pre-order this. Uh, but realistically, I'm, I, I highly doubt I'll, I'll get into this, but I did instantly send it to my sister. Uh, with my my six and eight year old nephews and said I apologize for what I'm about to do to your house the cats mm. and your wallet here you go and they lost their minds when they saw this it is such a cool bit of technology and a cool fun toy uh, I love when Nintendo does some really really weird stuff and this is really really weird yeah, if you told definitely. me if you ask me which company would be the first one to hit a mainstream AR game, Nintendo would probably not be the one. <laughs> you know, I like I know like Microsoft has worked on AR with their HoloLens. Uh, I don't know if like PlayStation has really dabbled too much other than PlayStation camera AR kind of stuff. Maybe um, this is this is a whole other level of cool. And uh, and integrating that that cool AR camera into the game, into your Switch as a control. It, it is so cool. If you have, uh, you know, and, and my nephews already love remote control cars. They already love Mario Kart. This is just a out of the park home run on all angles for for those two kids. It is absolutely incredible. I am super impressed. But yeah, like you said, not for me. Yeah. Um. Nintendo doubled down on some 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 memorabilia and physical trash keys you can buy this time. Uh, one they brought out is the uh, Super Mario Brothers uh, classic Game and Watch device. Ooh. So I had a Game and Watch uh, growing up as a kid. It was the you had to balance these pies that were on fire, and you had a little <laughs> I forgot what it was called. 
but that's what you did. It was very simplistic gaming. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was one screen. They had dual screens as well back in the day. I even bought my wife a little handheld one uh, on a keychain they made back in the day. Cute. It was called Octopus. So she loves that. It's really cool. Um, but they brought this out. It plays Super Mario Brothers. Uh, it has a watch on it so you can tell mm-hmm. the time because you need that and then it also has uh the lost levels as well yeah. which is super mario brothers 2 50 bucks no uh, and then 35 little touches to discover as well uh 50 bucks nowhere yet where you can pre-order it and once again this will probably sell out so uh gird your loins folks yeah i own super mario brothers um 600 different ways uh but i want this for some stupid reason, it is so cute, and uh, I have a Game and Watch that was through Club Nintendo, mm-hmm. so uh, that one was was a little tough to get, but I got it, and uh, I want this one. I'm going to be fighting to get it, but I don't need it whatsoever. I just it's there's there's again something in my stupid little brain that's like, yeah, you need this. I'm I'm broken. I know that, but uh, I want that. Uh, the the next little bit definitely not. Um, although let's let, while we're talking about physical stuff, uh, let's talk about they're, they're doing some other cool promotiony things with um, like shirts. They're doing um, like a, a promotional giveaway with something we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, the collectible pin set. Uh, they're doing some shoes. They're doing. Um, just a, a bunch of like really cool things that that some of them are like super Mario esque looking, and others like the the shoes are just kind of subtle, like they're Mario colors, but they still kind of look like some kick ass shoes. Um, I'm sorry, but those shoes are horribly designed they look like they're like grandpa's velcro shoes that he gets (laughs) or something from 1985 but maybe that's the whole point i love about them yeah they look so retro they look like uh like bowling shoes but comfortable they do uh they they're (laughs) i don't know i love them i love i I love that they're doing this kind of stuff to to celebrate mario and they're teaming up with some really cool companies to do it they're not just uh you know throwing a mario label on like a fruit of the loom shirt and calling it a sunday uh they're they're doing you know some some actual cool partnerships we've seen some stuff with lego already um and and levi's and they're they're just extending that so um so really cool uh another thing completely not physical but completely out of left field super mario brothers 35 a mario battle royale I, I I don't even know what to say about this one. I, I did not see this coming. Tetris 99 did not prepare me for what I was about to see here. It is Super Mario Brothers, like the original game, but you're versus 35 players, competitive online battle, <laughs> where you're you're going through the original game, it seems, and the the enemies that you kill show up on someone else's screen, so you never you never know what's gonna be flying at you at any time. Again, this one's digital only for um, Nintendo Switch Online players or members. Um, and again, they have that stupid March 31st date on here. So between October 1st and March 31st, you can play this game, and then it disappears forever because nobody loves fun after March. Why? They didn't throw I, Tetris 99 in the vault. That's like they, they've continuously yeah, added weird. things and like added, uh, you know, whatever themes and whatever to, to Tetris 99. Is that when Mario dies? 
Is this like the, look in the future? That's when he dies. Every all the gaming fun ends. I, yeah. What? Why March thirty first? What? What is that? The day that fun dies? Like what is that Apparently date? Apparently so. Why? Well, that's the end of their fiscal calendar, Mark. So I don't get it at all. It's driving me crazy to try to figure out why that date is like. Hey, let's kill Mario. Because on April first, you can buy it for five hundred dollars. <laughs> They're going to sell it for an absorbent amount of money. Or it dies. Give us the money or it dies, kids. Maybe. I don't I don't know. Uh, Mario so does weird. have mob ties. We never talked about that, though. It's so weird. If this game – and here's the thing. If this game is super fun and people are still playing it, can you imagine that this game is like – okay, I'm not going to say Fortnite, but like Fall Guys level popular – and it is like the the cat's meow for several months and maybe drops off a tiny bit, but it's still like streaming gold and people are loving it. And like March 31st comes on and it's only had, let's say, a 40 percent player drop off or even 60 percent player drop off. But there's still a decent amount of players playing this worldwide, streaming it, doing all that kind of stuff. Are they actually going to pull the plug on this on March 31st? Like April 1st, is this? No matter – like there's 60 million players playing this game or whatever. Like is, are they actually still going to just be like, nah, thanks, bro? Or like is this – like what is their plan here? Come on. I don't – like how many players are concurrently playing Tetris 99? Like is it hard to find a match there a, a year or more later or whatever whenever that game launched? Like I'm still hearing good things about Tetris 99 and I stopped playing that long ago. I don't know. Nothing makes – the Disney fans happier when they tell you they've reopened the Disney vault. Uh, this is all about the tease. I guess. And reveal the, Oh, it's back again. Mm-hmm. And people are happy. It's like the re-release of the, uh, the NES classic, you know, it's the, yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is frustrating because you never have to feel, you would never want to feel like you are playing with your, your consumer, your fans, like, uh, emotions. But in a lot of ways, Nintendo kind of does. Uh, they like to play with your nostalgia and your emotions, which is sad. Come well, on, they, Mario, be better. They, yeah, they definitely pulled me in all directions on this one. So I, I go from incredibly frustrated to that announcement to, like, incredibly joyful that Super Mario All-Stars was released the day this Direct came out on Nintendo Switch Online. So you open up the Super Nintendo app, and it's right there, and it plays great, and it's fantastic. And it's just free if you have Nintendo Switch Online. And it's it, like So it was like, why are they doing Oh, never mind. It's distracted by the shiny thing. So it's like <laughs> every single time they were like, they had me questioning, like, why are you doing that stupid, stupid, never mind, dangly, shiny thing over here? And it, like, it was constant. This like weird yes. pull and push kind of is. Anyway, Super Mario All Stars. If you haven't checked that out, Switch, uh, Nintendo Switch Online, free, Super Nintendo app. I never played that before. I gave it. A, I gave it a whirl. I'm like, this is like a weird, bizarro thing that I don't know if I like it or not. <laughs> I uh, I never owned this as a kid. My cousin uh, owned it, and uh, I I remember playing it and thinking the same thing back in the day. Like this is this is the th- these are the games that I love, but they don't 
look the same, but it, it's not a bad look, but it's it's still it making just me seems weirdly off. uncomfortable. So yeah, it's yeah. but uh I loved playing it on the Switch. I was okay. I was playing it the other day and just just because of that weirdness, I kind of I, I kind of very much enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the, the, I think one of the cool parts is uh, if you participate in all these events, um, you have the opportunity to win a collectible pin set. There is yeah. a set of uh, basically events you have to do. Some are mm-hmm. easy and, and, and you can do them right now, but some you have to wait. And one of those things you have to wait on is playing Mario Kart um, on iOS and Android to wait till they have a certain event and you have to do so many before you can get um, credit for doing those. So I think that's what I have left to do. Maybe yeah, there's, I, else. There, there's the pre pre-order um, or or buy uh, Super Mario All Stars yes. 3D or whatever it's called. Um, so I was really hoping when I pre-ordered that one, it would count for that. But I'm guessing it's not until they actually charge once it's my on. Account. Yeah, once it's actually on your system, I assume. So same yeah, thing with the physical. You actually you know put the card in there and register, exactly. and it goes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the other thing, yeah, like you said, um, so, so that starts September 9th and runs till the 23rd. So that's your, your small little window. Um, good luck kids. Mario Mario Kart tour is going to have a special super Mario Kart tour event. Uh, and that features special appearances by Mario and Donkey Kong Jr. From the super Mario Kart game for the super Nintendo. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to redownload this game and do what I have to do just to try to get those collectible pins because that is literally the only thing that I haven't done yet. Um, the rest of them were all through the website or, like I said, uh, buying that uh, 3D All-Stars game. Whew. Well, we got something. Now, I will say, Mark, is there anything you wish they would have done that they didn't? Uh, aside from nitpicking stuff, like I, you know, I mentioned before, I wish the games in the 3D collection were remasters rather than just kind of re-releases um i wish there was a little bit more clarity on the controls how is sunshine going to control that kind of stuff that i already went through but realistically they 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 knocked so much out of the park with this were stuff we did mention there's going to be a smash brothers ultimate uh tournament there's going to be a Splatfest. they said they were done with Splatfest. we've had a couple this is a brand new one uh so that's exciting um we, we mentioned there's going to be collectibles, but there's going to be also keychains and T-shirts on my Nintendo, uh, the, the store. You can already get the T-shirts. I haven't seen the keychains show up yet. Um, and then furniture in Animal Crossing New Horizons. So there, there's so much stuff here. I could nitpick things and say, where's my Galaxy 2 or whatever. But uh, overall, I thought this was a great way to celebrate uh, my favorite mustachioed italian plumber well you know me what about I you can't be ha- i can't be happy with anything but, um, <laughs> i figured that was, I-, I felt this is yeah. the least they could do because i think everything yeah. they talked about that they showed uh, sumer of the world the collection it kind of was all kind of well-known secrets but i kind of feel like it's his birthday it's the year how about the Mar- year of mario guys we have the year luigi why are we stopping like after like two months you can continue to do things for Mario. And one of the things I really wanted was a new Mario game. All of these things are things that have already existed. There's nothing new here except the Mario 35, which I'll give them the credit for. But I really want a new Mario game. It's been almost four years since Odyssey was launched. Um, I really want a new Mario game. So that's what I want. I wanted Mario to have a new Mario game for his birthday. So I still want that. Um, and I, I think 2020 will go by the year of uh, as the year of Animal Crossing. And ports, unfortunately. So 
which I wasn't expecting the new game this year, but I kind of expect it next year. So yeah. I need something to keep me going, Mark. But I will play this because I've never beat. I've only played a little bit of 64, so I'll play that. So that was my only real, you know, nitpick. Was I really wanted a new game for Mario? Yeah, I was. I was really expecting at, at least a new proper Mario Kart game, uh, mm-hmm. and and this this little augmented reality thing is is fun that is a really really cool toy and i'm sure will be the hot rage item for christmas because it is launching what is october november ish right around that time yeah so it's going to be the the, that's going to be the holiday gift right but um even if they had announced and I, i think i speculated on this before they they brought uh landscape mode to uh, Mario Kart Tour for for phones and, and whatever. Uh, I really thought that was going to be preparation for that to come to Switch and to to add a little bit of that game. And it, it doesn't seem like, unless they just randomly drop that later on, it doesn't seem like that's the case. So I am still waiting on a, a Super Mario Kart game proper, but uh, you know, we'll take what we can get. So Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's all you could want from Mario uh, Mario Direct. <clears throat> but we are now getting into uh, what we didn't talk about last week because it didn't happen, which was the DC Fandom. Uh, mm-hmm. We got the two uh, basically Batman games announced. Uh, the first was uh, Gotham Knights, which we you know thought was going to happen. It did. Um, that is by Montreal, WB Montreal, and it's going to be a four-player co-op Gotham game. It's not within the Arkham universe, and uh, Batman is dead. And you essentially have to take down uh, the criminals of Arkham yourself. Um, yeah. But you can play co-op, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Mark? Did you like that? Uh, I did, yeah. And I, I thought it was weird that you can play co-op. There's four characters, but you can only play two-player co-op. But apparently they've they've explained that in a, an article that I didn't read. Uh, but I, I thought this game looked really, really cool. Uh, it did confuse me that this to me looked more like an Arkham game, but is not in that universe. And, uh, suicide squad killed the justice league is apparently in the Arkham universe, even though there's a different, very different looking, um, dead shot in there. So confusing stuff in the WB Arkham verse game stuff. But, uh, I thought this looked bad ass as F. Um, I love that there's, you know, the, the, the four different characters, you can pick one and play through it, or you can mix it up. Uh, you can both, unlike Avengers, where you have to pick different characters. So if I'm Thor, you can't be Thor. Uh, in this one, if you want to be Batgirl and I want to be Batgirl, we can both be different Batgirls and we can dress the exact same or we can pick different skins and different skill trees and that kind of stuff and uh, just play the way we want to. Um yeah, this looks uh, this looks really really cool. Yeah, it won't be awkward at all being two bad girls. <laughs> why? Why? Why would it? Um, exactly. I mean, it's yeah, a video you. game. They're, they're hey, I know you. <laughs> you know, they're they're leaning into it. They know it's a video game, and uh, they're saying, you know what? None of this makes sense. It's it, <laughs> so why not just go have fun with it? Um, and uh, yeah, I, we, we did all the speculation was true. This does uh, revolve or at least um, kind of put in the, the Court of Owls uh, storyline. 
if you haven't read Court of Owls, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, there's some fun things they could do with the Court of Owls because um, Batman's dead in this one. But um, if you've read Court of Owls, you know some stuff that maybe could be some really fun twisty turnies in in this game that uh, I'm, I'm really excited for this. <laughs> Yeah, I am too. The fact that they're layering that on into the series is really cool, and I will say this. Kids, if you think Batman's really dead, he's probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to avoid that kind of spoilery bit, but uh, yeah, there are some ways that, some really fun ways that they could bring Batman back uh, with the Court of Owls kind of stuff, and uh, yeah. Looking forward to this one, for sure. Yeah, the other game that was announced uh, from Rocksteady, the the team who was behind the Arkham uh, series of games, is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Now, a lot of people, when they heard about this concept, seemed like, wow, this sounds like hot trash in the summer, it sounds bad, I don't want to play as a Suicide Squad, the movie sucked, blah, blah, (laughs) blah. Then we saw the trailer, Mm -hmm. and the trailer has dropped... This is going to be a four-player game, essentially, can be four-player, or one-player, three-AI. Basically, you're playing as the Suicide Squad. The, the, the teammates you have are Harley Quinn, uh, you have uh, Killer Shark, you have – or King Shark. King Shark. Yep, my bad. Captain Boomerang. Uh, yep, and Deadshot. Yep. And, Mark, what game, when you saw how it looked, what did you think of that game? Um, oh, Balls. What's uh, the the name completely just escaped me. It's an Xbox exclusive. Is it Sunset uh, Overdrive? There we go. Thank you. Yep. Sunset Overdrive. A hundred percent. Those kind of vibes. I couldn't believe it. I mean, yep. you know, obviously the premise seems kind of weird, uh, but we've got the Suicide Squad set up. They're mm-hmm. brought in. They're talking to Amanda Waller uh, and these characters are so charming. And the, the way they're brought in, it just seems so well crafted in regards to what they were going to do with them and how they thought they would be useful. And then they showed how potentially these characters will play. Um, We didn't see gameplay. We saw basically a CGI trailer, but what they intended by the actual uh, trailer, the way the movement worked, the fact that you've got King shark and a jetpack with a a machine gun, (laughs) the way boomerang moves, Captain boomerang looked awesome. like teleport boomerang i guess or or fast travel boomer whatever it is he throws it and then he shows up where oh man that looks awesome yeah it looks really cool really frantic really neat and uh the hook is really in why you would want to kill the justice league is it's kind of revealed early on you see brainiac's ship like the classic brainiac ship crashed and at this point we have to believe that brainiac is now controlling the justice league and we're Earth's only hope because yeah. Superman is not here to help you. No, no. I, I yeah, the, I was surprised with the humor. And again, that's why I said, like, this game doesn't seem like an Arkhamverse game. Mm. Those games were so gritty and so serious and everything was so dark. And this game looks so neon Sunny. and over the top and just hilarious. Uh, not to mention, again weird characters that were in the Arkhamverse that are not the same in this game. Um, Anyway, whatever. They can set this wherever it wants. It still looks amazing. Um, I'm excited for this one for sure. 
yeah, we've got time to be excited because it's uh, not twenty, not till twenty twenty two, which means mm-hmm. Rocksteady has had plenty of time to work on this, unless they were working on something else and they dumped it and they said let's do this instead. <laughs> so, um, and I'm hoping the movie that supports this film or this game is going to be good as well. So, yeah, we'll see. yeah, that that uh, we didn't get a trailer for that movie. We got um, behind the scenes. Snippets, character bios and kind character of. yeah reveals and uh it looks james gunn as hell yes that's all i'm gonna say about that ben I, i'm sure you guys uh will delve deeper into that as as more news comes out on secret friends proper and uh yeah it oh man that yeah i can't wait to see a proper trailer for that one that's uh yeah for sure it's, it's gonna be awesome yeah um know what else is gonna be awesome mark in 2021, when we actually get there, we're going to get a new Switch, you know? <laughs> of course, because that wasn't predicted for this year either. No, not so much. Yeah. So there's reports there's going to be a new Switch. We've got chip makers saying things, leaks all over the place. Um, there's They're not very specific in where they're going, but they've talked about the screen being more enjoyable, which <laughs> I don't know what that means. But um, whatever... We don't care what anybody else thinks. Um, really quickly, you're asked, you want a new Switch. What do you get with your new Switch? Uh, just just up everything. Um, the, the screen, I want the screen to be 1080. I want it docked to be 4K. Uh, I want it to be able to, even if docked, it doesn't hit every game at 4K, I want to be able to choose performance mode the same way I did with Avengers on Xbox One X. So I can choose 4K or I can choose to have the game run silky smooth as hell, and that's what I'm going to choose. Um, be, but, you know, despite it looking really, really good in 4K, I want that silky smooth uh, performance. So that's what I'm hoping for Switch Pro or whatever this is going to be called. Um, and And aside from that, like maybe some better joy con like pro con uh analog triggers would be awesome but at least a proper d-pad or something like that but um even if they went exactly the same with the joy con and everything else yeah just a, a better screen and better performance while docked what about you uh, i'm in the same camp but i want a bigger switch um Ooh. i mean and that would allow us to do uh, uh pro controllers as well and mm. i know people will say well they can't do that because of x y and z i said once they basically launch the Switch Lite, the Switch can do any and be anything it wants. Yeah. Not every yeah. accessory has to work with it. It, it. it just, it just, that's how things work. Um, yep. the, when the new 3DS launched, not everything was, um, I, I, I don't think everything was compatible. Uh, no, there are, so the Switch that I happen to have, mm-hmm. or the, the 3DS that I happen to have okay. right next to me, there are, uh, new 3DS exclusive games that can only run on mm-hmm. this device. The Super Nintendo games were one of them for whatever weird reason, but there are proper 3DS games that will only run on a new 3DS. Uh, and you can look up, they have their own little section in the eShop that says, will only run on this new 3DS. Uh, so... Yeah, potentially, I mean, the Switch could do that. I have no problem with them iterating like that where it's backwards compatible with everything but a couple of titles you know might need to the new the new hardware to run um you know it's it's time we've we've played the hell out of our switches and you know i i I think iterating on it is is the right way to go 
Yeah, and I think from a, a screen perspective that if you do want a better experience, a more Cadillac experience, Nintendo's done that before. They've made bigger versions of their their handhelds. So why not this way? So you can read the text easier. It's easier to see in the eyes. It's a better experience if you want to share with somebody on a gaming table. Um, you know, five-inch screen is not that big. So um, why not do something? And we're used to bigger tablets now with the iPad Pros and whatever. So with with your recommendation and, and for anyone listening, I'm holding up a, uh, my switch uh, here. Would you suggest the overall size stay the same and extend the screen almost right to the edges? Because the switch has some big ass bezels around. Mm. Would you, That's one way around it. Would you kind of, yeah, want them to just extend that so the the bezels around your switch would just be all screen? Or are you thinking like, no, give me a monster. Like what's what's your I think an eight inch screen. I think an eight inch screen, like an eight inch fire tablet or whatever. Right. Perfect size. Go bigger. Go go bigger. Go home. Make it. And I'm perfectly fine with a three three fifty or whatever. Make the regular, you know, switch three uh, two fifty, and then make the light whatever, and have your family devices, and and no one has to feel cheated because your point mark. You can make all the games work. They're just seven twenty p or six forty p on whatever the base version, and then do whatever and go from there. Um, no one gets excluded. You just are going to get the best performance on a better device. Yeah, we we've been talking about this with uh, with Xbox for months now where mm-hmm. it seems like they want everything backwards compatible and forwards compatible and it's it's um you know just built for xbox and if you have the the lowest one it's just like phones right like you can scale it down you can scale it up just like pcs the no more of this console barrier kind of thing and eventually yes the lower tier will will work out or be be kind of phased out or whatever but um you know for the most part Everything's compatible across all of these Switch devices. Um, I'd even honestly like to see what they could do with a Switch Home Edition, which sounds stupid. But, you know, what the Switch Lite doesn't actually switch. So why not have a an actual console again that doesn't undock? It's it's always just there. Right. And maybe that's how they can squeeze out 4K performance out, and this is always just plugged into your TV, and it's a traditional console-esque kind of thing, but uh, maybe that's where they get... So you have your home edition, you have the switch, which goes back and forth between both, and then you have the light, which is purely handheld. So there are a couple of cool things that they could uh, kind of do and just have... You know, the switch name is is just uh, a name at that point. It's not Absolutely. a uh, and kind of, and your your standard switches or whatever in handheld mode could be controllers you use on that base switch as well. Oh, that'd be neat. Yeah, almost yeah. A Wii U style. Oh, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why not? I'm gonna go yeah. down a. I'm gonna go down a thought path with that one. So let's move on. <laughs> sure. Bringing back some uh, some some Wii U asynchronous. Uh, you know, the, the Wii U did some cool stuff that you can't replicate with a Switch right no, now. No, you so cannot. You're no. gonna you're gonna get my my mind going. Um, anyway, let's 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 move on to the next bit. Yeah, last story. Uh, going from I would say very old tech to tech that will rip your face off. And mm-hmm. make you pay for it. And that <laughs> is NVIDIA's uh, RTX 3000 series of graphic cards. The 370, 380, and 390 have been announced. I actually watched this presentation, Mark, which Logan is like, why are you watching this? I'm like, I'm riveted by the tech talk. And it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, 
these are the graphics cards that then power your PCs, your laptops, whatever. Um, NVIDIA also makes the Switch hardware. It's their mobile chipset. Um, back, back in the day when they were still making mobile chipsets, I'm not sure if they really are into that game anymore, to be honest. Yeah, I know I they've kind of walked, walked away from it. Uh, a little bit, I, I, I okay. think. I'm not sure. I'm not 100%. Yeah, I've heard from, they've been uh, talking about walking now. away from it because it's yeah. just not as, it just hasn't gone the way they wanted it to go. Um, but yeah, uh, oh my goodness. Um, so we currently have the 2080 Ti Super, I think is the top end of the uh, uh, cards, and it's about $1,500. Okay. They just announced new cards that are $500 mm-hmm. that are faster than that. Yeah. In the 3070. Um, and they support just the what they support graphically for the price is amazing. Even the one that is significantly better than the 2080 Ti, the 3080, is only $700. Mm-hmm. The, the 3090 is, is wild. It's it's very crazy. Mark, the 3090 is $1,500, which seems, seems, seems crazy. It has 24 gigabytes of RAM. Yeah. That is 3x what any graphic card has now. And that thing... So we're we're saying this because you know obviously you know we're we're thinking of it from a gaming perspective, but that card is really designed to do like some high end high quality video rendering, video editing, like powerhouse kind of work. Like that is Eight what this monitors is for. at one time. Yeah, you know, like ridiculous K60. kind of stuff. Yeah, um, you can use it for gaming for sure. Like you said, 8K. Uh, stable, ridiculous frame rates. Um, if if you have the money to drop, but yeah, those those lower priced cards are like yeah, fantastic value for what they're they're producing. Yeah, typically you don't see tech like come down at that rate in cost, mm. which is just crazy. Um, yeah, we don't normally see that, and, and PC is the arms race of graphics, and bigger is better. Uh, Lee Navarro, who's been on this podcast, talked about it before, and um, we joke because um, we know PC gaming is the powerhouse, and we only try to keep up. Um, but there's a price for that because you say, oh, $500, and it does that? Well, that's the price of a new gaming console. I'll just go that route. Well, folks, what you need to do to play those gaming things on the gaming thing is add an extra about six to seven hundred dollars with yeah. a case, heatsink, motherboard, RAM, all the fun stuff in OS, um, and hopefully you already have a gaming monitor that actually supports this. Um, 4K gaming monitors are not cheap. No, not at all. Versus a TV. So uh, there you go. So Mark, um, I know you are not into the PC gaming world, but um, uh, I think uh, does does Mac still support? these graphics cards or they have specific graphics cards for Macs. Uh, so, so Macs can, uh, support e GPUs. So you could, uh, potentially, I haven't looked up specifically if these GPUs will work with, with that kind of thing. And especially with Mac moving to their own, uh, custom made in-house Silicon, uh, will that still be compatible in the next year, the next few months? I don't know. Uh, for for my perspective, like you know, if I was going to be building a gaming PC, and for the first time that 
has that that's seeming a little interesting to me, which got me thinking, why does that seem interesting to me right now? I've never had the inclination to build a gaming PC. I'm perfectly fine with my little box that is meant for gaming and gaming only in my, my Xboxes or PlayStations or whatever. Um, I'm wondering if these are getting so much attention and so much, um, you know, consideration. I've, I'm not the only person that I've seen that, that has said like, Oh, screw a PlayStation or screw an Xbox series X. I'm getting one of these cards and I'm building a PC or doing that. Um, is it because of this stupid chicken race that Sony and PlayStation <laughs> have going on? Probably right is. Now? It um, probably is. Yeah. You know, okay. Consider this for a second. Consider a 499 or 599 PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X that came out with their price release date and the ability to pre-order a month ago. And everyone already locked in their pre-orders. We were all good for the fall. Everything was happy. And then uh, NVIDIA announces these GeForce cards. (laughs) Would you still be considering that as an option when you've already put your money down or already put your pre-order down for a next-gen console? Right now, a lot of people assume that's going to be five, six hundred dollars or whatever they have that money put aside. But right now there's nowhere to put that money. So they're looking at these cards going, maybe, you know, like I, I really think that the consoles dropped the ball on this and NVIDIA is saying like, Whew, man, yeah, we know gamers have money right now. <laughs> Let's drop these and see if we can steal some of that money away. Yeah, it's it's an interesting commission. I was thinking of the Mac Pro. So the, the big mm. daddy toss it in there and i looked right. and i looked at i actually just looked really quick it looks like they deal primarily with uh ati radeon um uh yes. amd uh, versus nvidia but i'm not sure maybe they're compatible as well don't know anything about that folks so please tell me if i'm wrong um <clears throat> but in regards to uh, right now i have a gaming laptop and i'm stuck it, you cannot upgrade the graphics card for that so I'm, right. i am where i'm at um but i've had i've built towers before it's it's great in theory but no matter who you are you will always run into issues with PCs. I don't care what you have. You'll have defects. You'll have problems, hardware failures. Um, I hope you like talking to a million different manufacturers <laughs> for a million different problems because that's what you will have because rarely do you have the same part from the same manufacturer, from your RAM to your motherboard to everything. And you'll have conflicts and you'll have issues. And then you have to figure out what's wrong with it. Is it the power supply? Well, I need a power supply, so I have to buy a power supply. Um, and then if something is under warranty then you have to wait until it's fixed. And um, I got tired of that. It really wasn't fun and it wasn't worth the bang for the buck um, because I was spending more than it was for a gaming console and I was spending more time troubleshooting and maintenance and doing maintenance. Um, and yeah, it can do more than a, a console can, but it's plug and play. It's mm-hmm. dumb. It's a dumb box. It does what you want it to do. And that's what it's there for. And it's also a media center now versus a gaming PC, which it's not designed just for gaming, though. That's the problem with gaming PCs. You've got all this horsepower, but it's typically not harnessed for the hardware you have um, because there's a million different specs, a million different variants of the same graphics cards. So typically, even though you get all that horsepower, you don't get the performance for the dollar. Um, mm-hmm. You'll get 4K60 on an Xbox One um, X. You cannot do that on a PC for the same cost right now. You've got to spend almost 3x that to get 4k 60 4k 60 is not easy on uh, pc plus try finding like i said a, a 4k monitor it's just not feasible at, a, at an affordable price um because if you spend 400 dollars on a tv right now you can probably get a 55 inch 4k 
uh, you're yeah. getting probably a 27 inch monitor that does 4K. Yep. So yeah, some perspective. I, I just think it's 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 an easy thing to say. Hey, look how great this is. But with PC gaming, it's it's a pretty solitary uh, um, experience as well. Um, if you want a couch experience, you're typically not doing with a, a, a gaming PC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing you mentioned with the uh, the power supplies and that kind of stuff. Uh, we, uh, again, I was talking to my cousin about this uh, this stuff today. Um, the the 3090 it requires a 750 watt power supply at an absolute minimum. So if you're thinking, oh, I have a gaming PC right now, it's good, but I can upgrade my graphics card. I'm going to go for the highest end one. Most likely, unless you really tried to future proof your PC, you do not have a minimum 750 watt power supply. And you're, you're probably going to want to up that. So, um, yeah, you're probably going to at that, at that point, get a new case potentially if your case is too small to fit a larger power supply, uh, potentially, um, you know, new cooling system, uh, you know, so, yeah, like, like you said, those costs can easily inflate, but for anyone interested, uh, these all launch, uh, this month, I believe. Yeah. September. Yeah. September. Yeah. And if you oh, no, the, sorry, the, the 3070s, uh, October. Okay. And if you've got a current PC that you just want more power out of, by all means, toss it in there. It'll probably work fine and you'll be really happy with the results. And Mark, we finish with the bonus round and we are in our second stage of the console wars. So we said we would go through these until we got the new consoles launching this year. Um, I hope we don't run out of console wars before we finish. <laughs> Maybe we won't. We might. Who knows? Uh, I, I still would not be surprised at this point if they push the new consoles back, but let's reminisce for a second. Yes, let's reminisce for a simpler time when um, we actually had three systems that were vying for our attention at the time. That was the Nintendo 64, the Sega Saturn, and the PS1 or PlayStation 1. Um, so I was in college when all this was happening. So, folks, uh, this is around the 90s. Um, 95, 96 was the time frame we're talking about is when these systems launched. So um, the Sega Genesis... And the SNES were coming off, you know, huge success. Uh, There's a lot of momentum. The gaming industry was growing. And we had to figure out which was next. Because every, you know, the first two systems, when they launched, were just a big graphic leap forward. And this one was no different. This was the first time that we actually had CD technology. Um, and then Nintendo staying with uh, cartridges at this point. Um, so uh, the Sega Saturn... Is, it's funny because Sega was in poor shape, to say mm-hmm. the least, at the time. And they were in a losing war. They didn't know what to do, so they threw a Hail Mary pass mark. So um, we're talking about where we are with the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. With Saturn, they announced it and said it was out the same day. <laughs> to the surprise of everyone. Including retailers. Yes, everyone. They're like, What? Yes, and here's the games. They were like, what? It's so crazy. I I don't think this is ever going to be done again because it was a horrible decision in the making. Bad idea. Poor Sega. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can almost kind of do that now where 
You'll, you'll see Apple and other tech companies do this where they say, and it's not quite it's available today. Some, sometimes it is, uh, and but you know they have their own retail stores. So, hey, you can go pick up a new iMac today, as early as today. They might be arriving in stores, but they always specify it with that. Uh, but usually it's, and pre-orders start this afternoon uh, or pre-orders start right after this presentation and the, the product is released two weeks later. Uh, to, to do a surprise launch like that is just like, Especially like back then when supply chains were not quite as tight as some of the big tech companies have them uh, today. That is that is just baffling. Yeah, I wonder actually how many were out there day one and, you know, how many were actually available. And and they were in a rush. I mean, they wanted to get out before the N64. uh, So they said we're not going to get beat again. So um, it launched in Japan uh, November 22nd, 1994. Beats N64 by two years. I mean, the the N64 in Japan was uh, June 1996, uh, September in North America, and then uh, didn't launch until March 1997 in uh, Europe and Australia. So, and at that point, uh, it could have been PlayStation. They, pretty, they, yeah, it could have been PlayStation. They were trying to beat at that point because I know they were working together on some software, and those uh, talks went horribly. Just like how uh, PlayStation got burned by Nintendo, mm-hmm. Sega. Sega got burned by Sony this time. So um, nobody likes anybody in the world of video games these days. No. Friends, there's no friends. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's not uh, show friendness, it's uh, show business, folks. Yeah, so um, that happened. And then Sony, basically because they got burned by Nintendo during the SNES era, decided they were going to have their own system. And they decided to go forward with CD technology. And it really made their software significantly cheaper to buy for the consumer, cheaper to make for uh, the different publishers, which was what enticed so many to come over there. Square moved. Um, they had so many new licensees. And they're like, why would we not publish on somebody that takes far less money? It's cheaper to buy the software, get things out there, and it's cheaper for the consumers. So a lot more will sell. Why not? Uh, mm-hmm. So Sony came out um, as a newbie, but because they were a heavyweight in other technologies at the time, uh, there was a an understanding that Sony was not going to screw this up. They were mm-hmm. going to be reliable, and they had uh, quality on their side, and they could charge a premium price. So it, it came out for $300 in December 1994. So they did beat Saturn, but not by much Yeah, in Japan. And then it came out in 95 in the U.S., um, and uh, Sony, like I said, it was some people's one of their first CD players. Don't know yeah. why they have a CD player sooner than that, but it was a CD player. So new technology and allowed a lot more storage of data. Uh, the one of the, the benefits was also uh, CD quality sound, uh, full motion video, things like that that you just could not get on a cartridge. So uh, Sony really brought some new technology to the forefront um, and, and cutting edge graphics. 3D graphics were new with all of these systems. Some did it better than others. Um, and then Nintendo. Um, came a little bit later, like you said, Mark, almost a year later with the N64. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. No, it was, a, it was very um, yeah interesting to see Nintendo launch last uh, with with this generation and still have the kind of success that they did uh, with the N64. But uh, I think people were kind of waiting to see, you know, Nintendo at this point was kind of the clear dominant figure in video games and people were kind of waiting holding back to see what they did and uh you know the the n64 for as successful as it was i think did 
had some missteps that that kind of led to uh, people looking at Sony and saying, oh, maybe PlayStation's not right for me, but, you know, I'm going to keep an eye on these guys. And if there is a PlayStation 2 or a next PlayStation, and, and I think we, we really saw that um, – happen with with playstation 2 uh but we're, we're not talking about that now so let's let's uh, go back to n64's launch yeah so um n64 launched um and it probably had one of the best launch games of all time and we've kind of talked about that game earlier today but, yeah pilot wings no yes <laughs> super mario 64 yeah uh yeah if there's a better launch game uh, i don't know about it yeah, and it sold 3D to people that had never seen a 3D game before, um, and it was amazing to see what they did and how well they succeeded. The uh, you know basically their first time because uh, 3D platforming had not been done before, and it was, um, I mean, we had some like Doom games like that that were pseudo 3D in a certain way, but nothing like what seeing Mario could do in a way that was you know well done. It didn't make you puke because some people couldn't <laughs> handle that. Yeah. So um, it was pretty spectacular. And I think N64 also brought forward a different side of Nintendo in regards to them trying some new things with certain, you know, with certain companies like with Rare and how they experimented and, and even with licensed games like uh, GoldenEye yeah. and how successful that game was. Yeah, absolutely. Like saw Nintendo kind of, coming out of the shell and, and like you said trying some things that that even today seem not nintendo uh not only with with goldeneye and i mean goldeneye was a little held back by nintendo as far as the violence went you know that you had nintendo stepping in and saying like well what if what if they came out at the end of the game and it it showed all of the people that you killed as like actors so this is all just a play right like <laughs> it, was, about. it was that kind of shit but then then yep. On the on the other side of that, um, you know, N64 did allow games like Turok, where you got like the cerebral boar that literally shot brain and goop out of dinosaurs' heads and that kind of stuff. So, um, not only was it 3D, but it was like disgusting 3D at some at some points, uh, which was very un Nintendo. And uh, before we we started recording here, I, I mentioned that. Like I was 12 when the N64 came out, so I'm I'm a little younger. So for me, this decision was still made by my parents. This wasn't. Um, it, it was still a little early for me to say no. I want this console over this one. It was still. Well, I I'm 12. My brother's 10. So it was like no Nintendo safe. You guys are getting a Nintendo. Here here you go. Um, but uh, yeah, some of the games that we played on this were were decidedly. Um, on Nintendo and uh, and probably if if my parents knew what we were playing would not have been happy with so yeah yeah, yeah and I was in the middle of this in college um, I really skipped out on the Genesis SNES era I had an NES um, so where my loyalty had been in the past had been Nintendo um, I really was more of a free agent uh, because I had I had a game I had a PC. Back then in college, so I played a lot of PC games. So I was curious to see what consoles were up to. And in college, I would be able to check out all the gaming magazines and see what was going to come and was very excited. And uh, it was interesting because I had the choice. And I was thinking, well, should I go with Nintendo? I'm, I, I, you know, I like Mario, I like Zelda and things like that. But then when I looked at what Sony was doing, all these brand new franchises I've never seen before. Um, and really what put me over the edge was Tekken 3. 
a game I loved in the arcade. And when I saw you could play that on PlayStation, it looked well, exactly the same. I'm like, oh, well. There was even a, a campus event for Sony to come on campus and show us the power of PlayStation. And wow. I was just blown away. I mean, we had all these new franchises I'd never seen before. Very excited. And like I said, um, Tekken 3 blew me away. I'm like, you know what? That's where I really want to go. My buddy had an N64, so I could definitely play his. But I really wanted to go where uh, PlayStation was going. So, um, And I just really enjoyed it. I played games I'd never played before, like uh, Final Fantasy VII. I played Tomb Raider. I played Parasite Eve, uh, Resident Evil. And it was just really a gateway to something new. And when all's said and done, I think that's what really happened. A lot of people have said, I've played with Nintendo before for two generations. I've seen Mario. Kind of need something new. And Sony kind of brought that forward and said, hey, there's a billion other franchises and it's $40 and it's super cheap and you can do that. And Nintendo kind of struggled with that because they were in a position where at this point, Sony kind of started really being very aggressive with pricing and uh, slowly but surely just took the world by storm. They were, I believe, the first console to hit 100 million units sold and uh, nobody had ever done that before. I think maybe in Game Boy, I think at 80 million, but yeah. nothing had ever hit that. So, and to go to do that out of the gates was just really impressive. And yeah. I, I'll, I'll be curious to see. You know, obviously, we'll we'll be curious to see where they go next, Mark, because nobody know what happened to Sony after PlayStation One. No, the you know, uh, it just completely faded away into into nothingness. Uh, sure, that's exactly yeah. what happened. Yeah, uh, I I think yeah, this for for my generation uh, growing up. Like I said, I was I was 12 when N64 hit, so would have been um, a, a you know year or whatever younger or two for uh, for PlayStation to hit. But I remember kind of living in the generation that was outgrowing Nintendo being Nintendo, right? And like I said, they did a couple of kooky like things for for Nintendo. You, you know, again, think violence and that kind of stuff. But for everything that they did like that sony would come out and do five different things that nintendo just wouldn't be doing or that couldn't be doing uh and and towards the end of the generation you really started to see where cd took over and and cartridge was kind of being left behind and uh i think at the start of the generation cartridge made sense and it, it you know the, some of the trade-offs there uh the no load times and being able to save on the cartridge and all that kind of stuff made a lot of sense for the time but especially towards the end of the generation as that technology aged and as uh you know like you said cds became cheaper and it was you know this price race kind of thing um that's when when playstation really started to pull ahead and uh, like i said earlier people got ready for PlayStation 2. And uh, I know my brother was was one of those people that saw that and was like, PlayStation 2 can play PlayStation 1 games. Uh, Nintendo is still, for some reason, pushing N64. I remember the Christmas that my brother got a PlayStation 2, I got Majora's Mask. And seeing Majora's Mask for as much as I love that game, compared to some of the stuff that that, that PlayStation was doing with PlayStation 2, it was like, Oh good lord! What was Nintendo thinking with this yeah. this PlayStation or th- this this N64? And it was you know I mean obviously they they had the GameCube and we'll talk about that next time. But um, I, I think towards the end of this generation, uh, you really started to see discrepancies and disparities uh, where when it came to the hardware and the games and and just everything. And that's that's when Sony really started to shift some minds. Um, 
with with what they were putting out and and how developers were getting used to this technology and stuff and uh, and I think we saw that kind of carry through as well. Yeah, we definitely saw this was I think the first generation where we saw adults actively seeking out video games versus kids who grew mm-hmm. up and bought the next video game system. So, it was it was a really interesting time and yeah, I mean in it was funny because I think N64 was the more powerful system. Yeah. But a lot of people didn't realize it be just because of the the audio and the seed technology, which just seemed far more exciting at the time. Yeah, yeah. I, if you think about uh, yeah CD-ROM cutscenes nowadays, it seems Ooh, laughable, wait. and you're like, oh my, like they they didn't age nearly as well as well as some of the nope. um, early polygonal stuff on N64, which uh, again towards the end of gener- the generation, or or you know especially when we started seeing what the PS2 could do, it was like, oh man, like Nintendo is so far behind. But realistically, yeah, at the start of the con- the 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 console war this time it was like yeah n60 like playstation didn't even have analog sticks uh on their controller their first one it was it was a d-pad and it wasn't until they had that dual shock um you know adding the analog stick after they saw what 3d control could do with the n64 so um yeah there were there was a lot of Com- you know this company learning from that company yeah. and this company you know and, and and playstation really learned a lot from nintendo but nintendo i don't think learned enough lessons quickly enough from playstation and we're still seeing nintendo do that kind of shit so um yeah yeah so we had a couple polls out um overall it's kind of funny because obviously playstation far out sold the n64 but if you looked at our polls mark the n64 one 100 percent, yeah which is, uh, I don't know if that's telling about our audience or about uh, uh, something there that's that's a little deeper. But yeah, uh, sadly, across Twitter and PlayStation, no votes whatsoever. for Almost Sega 70 Saturn. votes total. And but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I would say it's closer to 60, to 60 to 40 or maybe even 70, 30. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, heavily leaning towards N64. But let's uh, want to go through a few of these uh, these comments and stuff that we saw. Yeah, very good. Uh, so um, Dan Fogarty says, my first for that generation was the N64. I was really excited about it, but I could never get into it. Even <laughs> to this day, there are a few N64 games that get me super excited, even though I love me some Nintendo games. And then basically said Final Fantasy was what really ended up getting me to buy the PlayStation. Yeah, I think a lot of people would say their PlayStation love started with Final Fantasy VII, for sure. Um, there was just nothing that massive and sprawling i mean uh, uh, you know nintendo had ocarina of time but if you compared that to final fantasy 7 you know ocarina's story at least uh was was always and and playstation again has continued with this heavily um you know story driven um focus on games so uh yeah uh david kearns came with uh i can't remember exactly why i had chosen playstation i think it's because i prefer cooperation to competition uh my friends had the different platforms so i was able to see what each had to offer i like turn-based games rpgs cooperative games like dynasty warriors and some dnd type games uh friends had already become experts in mario kart and james bond goldeneye Heck, even fighting games became cooperative with PS2's Tekken Tag Tournament, uh, but PS2 <laughs> uh, doesn't count in this poll. 
But the point is, I think PlayStation had more multiplayer team-up games. Was X-Men Legends PlayStation or PlayStation 2? I, is that PlayStation? I think that PlayStation was PlayStation 2, two right? Po- yeah. This yeah. is Pokemon Dave Kearns. He's a good friend of mine. He's an Air Force buddy. Yeah, so Dave gets easily confused. Sorry, Dave. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, more more um, c- cooperative stuff, which I I don't know. PlayStation only had two controller ports and 64 had four. Um, it did button? have the it did have the extra no you're right too but then you could add the L thing that added four extras in so ah, okay. um, yeah yeah so right. but yeah a lot of the, the the Nintendo games at the time were competitive and you know mm-hmm. you had Smash you had Mario Kart right competitive uh, versus cooperative yeah it was you know cutthroat on Nintendo yeah yeah um, yeah Larry yeah. Giver uh, 64 went for for F Zero X a game that doesn't get a ton of love uh, or shout outs when you're thinking of the greats on N64. Oh. So, so good call on that one, Larry. Yeah. Uh, from Twitter, JJ saged. Hope I'm getting that right. Says disc load times were so bad after growing up with cart consoles. You know what? You're not wrong. Those yeah. lasers heated up and died uh, <laughs> after not too long, but people learned that you could control, uh, put your PlayStation on its uh, back like a turtle and <laughs> it would play better. There you go. Uh, let's, let's go another uh, Twitter one Edward Varnell uh, Nintendo 64 of course being a Nintendo fan Super Mario 64 sold me and the controller was revolutionary for gaming and comfortable I'm going to argue with you on the comfortable one there Ed, but uh, revolutionary I will 100% agree with that one um, I did get a PS1 but that, that turnover system didn't bring too many games without it being scratched. Uh, so, um, yeah, there, there, there's, yeah, I think, I think this was also the generation that people started really considering being multi console gamers. Uh, I don't know if we had that as much with no. Sega and, and Nintendo or Super Nintendo. Um, you know, there, there may have been a few people that had both, but, um, in my experience anyway, it was one or the other. And then kind of this generation and, and especially the next one, people started like, no, I'll have a GameCube and a PlayStation 2 or I'll have this, you know. The, um, so, yeah, I think we'll be seeing more people with Edward's kind of experience as we keep going with this console war stuff. Yeah, Mark Flessa said, I generally enjoy Nintendo first-party titles far more than any other kind of console-based video games. Also, after all these years, I still hate the PS1 through 4 controllers. <laughs> uh, I get it. And then he also yep. mentioned that, you know, he mentioned what I would say several other people also mentioned, like Jason Schmucker and a few others, talked about GoldenEye, talked about mm-hmm. Super Mario 64, uh, Ocarina of Time. Um, and it's funny, because after you go through you know, the top games with N64, the pickings get a little bit leaner, but on the PlayStation, the library in the PlayStation, I think is what really brought people, especially JRPGs. Um, the amount of JRPGs on the, the PlayStation were just ridiculous because they had an opportunity to not be as risky on PlayStation because there was less money involved. So, mm. yeah. 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 A lot of people, yeah. Mentioned those kind of games. Uh, Steve McNeil, tough one, but I picked N64 because of Ocarina, Majora's Mask. Mario 64, GoldenEye, uh, too many great memories. I love my PlayStation 2, and uh, it had a pretty amazing library. Um, Brendan Myers on Twitter and 64 had a lot of party games where me and my siblings could play all at once, which was my 
experience as well. Mario 64, two Zelda games were amazing. Mario Party, Kart, all that kind of stuff. It was that was the party system, right? Like four controllers, four friends, um, competing usually. So uh, back to that other uh, cooperative comment. Yes, this was uh, the competitive system, but it was a fun kind of competition. It oh wasn't yeah, serious, right? No, um, nobody got into battles over Mario Party, right? I never once punched a sibling over throwing a red shell at me. What are you talking about, Todd? That's slander. not at all. Not at all. <laughs> well, Mark, I think we've won the console war um, this round. I mean, we only had two of them, right? There can't be any more, right? No, we definitely haven't already hinted at what's going to be coming next. No one would kill the Archduke of Nintendo Land. <laughs> 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 oh, well, uh, that is it, folks. We'll be back in two weeks with Console Wars round three, uh, surprisingly enough. But, Mark, um, before we get to next week, how can people stay in touch? Uh, well, first off, I want to thank everyone. We we didn't read every single one of the comments, so if we missed yours, uh, thank you so much for writing on especially in our facebook group which is uh probably the best place so secret friends unite facebook group uh so many great responses thank you all uh keep responding to these we will read them next time as well so uh we'll we'll put up another poll but uh yeah secret friends unite on facebook that is the group uh follow us there or follow us on at co underscore op mode underscore pod on twitter you can also follow uh todd and i individually at Tioxtra or at the underscore Canardian um, through Twitter as well. And uh, if you want to leave your personal memories of the console wars or any other voice uh, memo as well, three minutes or less, you can call 872-225-2496 and, uh, and leave a little something, something that we can play on the show. Absolutely, folks. And if you're uh, interested in doing either of those, um, you can also leave us a review on iTunes. That would be great. Um, if you do that or call the hotline, we will give away a uh, gift, well, basically a, a code for Round Guard on Xbox One. Um, I actually have some codes for other games as well and would love to give those away. So please participate, folks. You will be rewarded. Mm-hmm. Well, that is it, Mark. A little bit long, but hey, we had fun. So hopefully yep. you enjoyed the ride. Mark, thank you for joining. And as always, thank folks, you. it's always better to game together. We're gonna play the game, the PlayStation all day. With Metal Gear Solid to check and play. And from Omega Bells to Resident Evil. Just play for the fun, cause we got it going on.